God radically changed my family's life before I was born. I always grew up, I always said, the last thing I'm ever going to be is a preacher. We're going to speak about life, we're going to speak about leadership, we're going to speak about the Lord's work. And each episode of this podcast, we're going to try to tackle, discuss, dig into one thing that will help us not just start right, but finish right. Well, this is Pastor CT with uh, One Thing, our new podcast, and I am privileged today to uh, be here while we're at the Smoky Mountain Jubilee to be with my pastor, Dr. Ralph Sexton Jr. from Asheville, North Carolina. Brother Ralph, it's a joy to have you on the podcast with us. Well, thank you so much, and this is a thrill for me. I'm excited about what God's doing in your life, and then at Victory Baptist, and then also at CT Townsend Ministries, it's yeah. been an explosion the last three or four years, yeah. and we're so thankful to the Lord. Well, I, I, we give God all the praise, but I'm I super thankful you for your involvement and in all that and helping. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. The whole title of our podcast show is One Thing, Life, Leadership, and the Lord's Work, One Thing at a Time, where okay. we just take moments like this and we take one thing and just kind of chew on it and talk about it and... Uh, people from all across the country are able to access this and listen. And we just, whether it's a preacher driving down the road listening or uh, a college student in a dorm room, we want to add value to their life and encourage them. That's good. And uh, we talked about today, I, I really did try to think what would be the most productive conversation I could have with you. And we've had a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wanted to dive into the subject of almost a part two on the, on the subject of mentors. Okay. Uh, mentors in ministry. Uh, I can, I think you taught me this years ago. I can either learn from my own mistakes or I can learn from mentors. Right. And, uh, I tell people all the time that I'm, I feel like I'm standing on the back of giants of people that have helped me get to where I am. You know, it'd have to be a pretty arrogant turtle to be on top of a fence post and say, look where I am. <laughs> where you know? I am. There's one thing that's for sure. Somebody put that Somebody there. got you there. <laughs> and uh, I know to Becky and I, uh, you have been a pastor to us and a friend to us, and we love you and we're grateful for uh-huh. you. Thank you. And uh, maybe just maybe there's a young preacher out there listening and on the, on the subject of mentors. And uh, I know I've heard your story and your testimony and your dad being a pastor. And um, Briefly, I guess, go into it. Who were your mentors in your life? How, how did that work for you? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the invitation to be with you. Yeah. And then it's a subject that's very uh, near to my heart because I think in many, many ways we've missed religious education. Yeah. I think we've done the same thing in the secular world. I've noticed since COVID that the value of a college education, $80,000 or $100,000, has diminished. Mm-hmm. They're putting more value on a trade school, right? On a community college, because experience the experience is there. Yeah. And if you back up to that, when I was a teenage boy and I was helping uh, uh, Jerry Payne's daddy, Olin Payne, mm-hmm. in construction work, getting my first part-time jobs, 13, 14 years old. They had a program uh, with the plumbing company and the carpentry firm, and it was called apprenticeship. And you would study, uh, and by study, 
you would get blisters on your hand mm -hmm. working with a, a, a pipe fitter or a master carpenter. Yeah. And inside the carpentry, they had levels. Right. You had cabinetry, and then you had framers. You had roofers. Yeah. And, and you would sort of dial into where you liked working, and then you would work with him. And that's an apprenticeship program. Yeah. And then you had to work four or five years because before they'd call you a carpenter. Yeah. Then you'd work another 10 or so to be a master. Yeah. And and we've lost that. Right. And used to in the in the medical field, uh, or if you're going to be a lawyer, you would work with a doctor. Yeah. You would work with a lawyer, and you would, when you didn't have a client, you'd read law sitting in the law office. Right. And, and your professor is your lawyer. Yeah. The same process. Yeah. And so we sort of walked away from that at church. Yeah. And when we did, we, we made a big mistake. This is Ralph's opinion. This is Ralphology. But we lost, we lost the heart. Yeah. We, we were feeding the intellect, and the shepherd side was being neglected. Mm-hmm. And, and then if you're not careful, the spiritual side right. gets neglected. And so the mentorship is where we can bring all that back, Yeah, that we can work under a man that loves the Lord. And every pastor's got his own strengths and his own weaknesses, yeah. and you can get into working with that particular man. Yeah. The, we, the mentors that touched my heart was I was a, a young businessman. And I was running from the call of God. And you know my story. God yeah. broke my heart in Chicago. I was at a, a vending show up there buying machines. I had Asheville Vending Company. And uh, and some friends from the Trinity Church yeah. were at uh, the youth conference. Yeah. And they invited me to go over that night. And I went and got ambushed by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. God broke my heart. Yeah. And it, and it changed everything. Mm. And... When I came home, I, I went through that process of surrendering, yeah. me and God, you know, several weeks, and I surrendered to the Lord. and But then I went through this battle. Man, I'm 27 years old. I can't go back to Bible college yeah. or secular school. Uh, it was where I'd spent my time and energy, and the Lord began to deal with me about this old system. Yeah. Approach your father. Yeah. Elijah and Elisha. Yep. See if you can shadow him. Mm -hmm. And so I had three mentors. Now, I'm a triune being. Yeah. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost right. created me. Mm -hmm. I'm created in the image according to the book of Genesis. So in that image, I have three parts to me. I'm a body, I'm a soul, and I'm a spirit. Yeah. Okay. My body will respond to the things that I see out of a physical Jesus. Yeah. He was here for 33 and a half years on purpose because Ralph cannot process a God I can't see. Right. I can't understand that if I go away, I'll send the comforter. Mm -hmm. So I had to have this relationship body to body, Christ to Christ. Yeah. Then my spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. The, the spirit of God that would indwell me, right. that would be the part that would in, would uh, affect me in my moods and temperament and things that I would do. And then the Godhead is the life giver. Yeah, That's, that's what keeps me breathing. Right. Body, soul, and spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. 
Think about this. When God dealt with me, called me to preach, and he gave me mentors in each category. How about that? My dad, he reminded me of Jesus. Yeah. He was so soft-spoken. I've always heard that about him. So tender. Yeah. Never raised his voice. Mm. You know, you and I are both wild. <laughs> I mean, if you throw us down on a rainy day, we shock people that walk by because mm-hmm. we're just wired. Yeah. That's the way we are. Yeah. My dad wasn't that way. He was just uh, got saved as a 17-year-old boy, had a full-ride scholarship to play basketball for University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Wow. And he was a point guard, ball handler. Uh, he, you know, he was, that's what he loved, round ball. And that's why he had that broken nose. His nose had been broken two or three times playing basketball with that? taller guys. And uh, he became that, that one that would sit with me and talk, and we would go through the parables of life. Right the Beatitudes of how I conduct myself. Yeah. And I would be eating Christ yeah. with him. Yeah. Then God put into my life J. William Canoy. And for some reason, Dr. Canoy, Greensboro Bible College, he he adopted me. He just thought I was his son. And he loved me. Uh, and he he reminded me of God the Father. Yeah. Gruff. Yeah. That I, I saw, I, I thought, I can't ever make him smile. Yeah. I can't ever make him happy. And I'd try and try, and he'd say, you, you got to study, you got to pray. And then he'd hand me a, a pet page I'd looked at, and he'd have nine outlines out of one verse, and I couldn't get one out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it was all that knowledge. And so he became the, a symbol to me about that. And then of all the strange things, the great missionary, James Alexander Stewart, mm. who wrote all the books on Come O Breath, yeah. Heaven's Throne Gift, yeah. he thought that I was a future for people that wanted to have revival yeah. and to be introduced to the Holy Ghost. And he'd look at me and he'd say, Oh, Ralph, oh, my brother. We must stay tender before God. <laughs> we must stay broken. He'd start crying. I'd start crying. And so look what I had. I had Dr. Stewart as the Holy Ghost. I had Kenoy as the Father. And I had my own dad. Yeah. And God loved me enough. I was so intimidated to this day. I go to big events to speak, and I just want to get in a corner somewhere. Yeah. I'm not even worthy to hold a Bible. Some of these boys have got five and six degrees. They speak Hebrew, read Hebrew and Greek. Yeah. I barely get through the American newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> but I know when God's on the party. <laughs> <laughs> because my mentors told me it's not your degree. Right. It's not your school. Yeah. It's not who you know in networking. It's that you know the book. So Kanoi said, be a student of the book. My daddy said, you be a representative of Christ. He said, don't you ever embarrass Jesus. You might embarrass mm. me. Yeah. But he said, don't embarrass Jesus. <laughs> and so that broke me with a mentorship, God the Father, God the Son, 
God, the Holy Ghost, body, soul, and spirit, and three men that invested in me. Now, along the journey, well, if we had another 30 minutes, I'd tell you what God did through B.R. Lakin for me, yeah. you know, and how God used Leonard Ravenhill. Yeah, and I want to get to that B.R. Lakin story. I think some of that's mighty important because uh, mentors are not just for good moments. Huh. And they're not just for uh, the beginning moments, but being able to submit yourself to long t- long term mentorship and 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 be able to handle a, a rebuke or a reproof, and I think that's part of it. I think it I think all of us need um, transparency and honesty and and having mentors and people that can look into our lives. And mm-hmm. uh, you, you've been that to me. There's there's been moments when you've called and encouraged me and cried with me and prayed with me. There's also been moments that you said, hey, I want you to think about this. And I think that's healthy. Let me to interrupt you there. One of the strengths that God has given you is that you are a listener. And you will listen. And the reason God uses you is because if someone can talk to you and you will listen, it's easy for you to listen to the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Well, you told me one time there was somebody barking at me and giving me a hard time, and I wasn't doing things the way they wanted me to do it. And I came in your office all disappointed and aggravated, and you saw right through it, and tears filled your eyes, and you said, CT, you can only have one Holy Ghost. One Holy Ghost. (laughs) And uh, I think when it comes to mentors, um, you've been a great one in my life because there's so many times in life since those days that things you've said, little tiny one-liners like that, that the Holy Ghost just has put in my soul that at the right moment, you know, when I was working for you, there was underneath the glass of your desk, there was a little quote, little piece of old newspaper or something that said, just be sweet. Just be sweet. And I didn't know what that was right. when I wasn't a pastor. Right. But I know now that there were probably meetings on the other side of that desk oh. of people coming at you and, just be sweet, yeah. you know. And uh, so that that's incredible and, and moments like that. I know for me, um, I've had the incredible blessing of, of my dad mm-hmm. uh, growing up and um, mentor, he's my hero. Right. And um, then Preacher Brown came into my life. Right. And the interesting thing to me is, is out of that one mentorship, I met you, Brother Joe. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the people that I preached for in evangelism that, that you know, I met through that mentorship of working for him. And who would have ever known that, you know, after Becky's mama died and everything that, that the Lord would see fit for, to allow me to work for you for several years. And and out of that, you know, one mentor, which was Larry Brown, had his strengths and weaknesses. And I learned those to the point that I could almost tell you what he was about to say before he said it, you know. Uh, and and then to go to the next and to train under you and you know the the burden for revival and the burden for the Holy Ghost and the burden for, for that side of things right that God taught me under your ministry there just invaluable in, in the good times and the bad times um, and I'll forever be grateful for what you've poured into me and Becky well and don't you think that at church what's one of the biggest problems that you have are one of the most frequent phone calls I receive from pastors. 
I, from a pastor who called Brother Ralph, do you know where I can find a music man? Yeah. Do you know where I can find a youth pastor? I need an associate pastor. Do you, you have anybody who can recommend to work with my singles? Well, what if we rethink the way we do church? Yeah. And we do more mentoring right. in house, and you raise your youth pastor. Oh yeah, I, th- I think it's incredible. I think I think that's where we, you know, I think we've tried to put everything in a class form. And, and I, I already hear the email being typed to me as we speak. That we're, you know, y'all are against education. You're not, we're not, not against Lord, degrees. I mean, we're not Lord. against education. <laughs> I say get all the education you can, and then I say get over it. Yeah. Right. That doesn't right. make you any more anointed than anybody else. Oh. Um, but we've tried to make a class for discipleship. We've tried to make a class for this and that. Right. And and preacher Brown always said about preaching in general. Preaching is not taught. It's caught. Yeah. You know, you got to get around you do. A, a preachers, iron sharpeneth iron. It does. And all throughout the Bible, the, the Elijah and the Elisha. Elisha's out in the field plowing, and out of nowhere, here comes Elijah with the mantle, slaps him <laughs> with it, and just Elisha just goes after him the rest of his life. That's it. Chasing <laughs> the anointing that was on that man. He sensed it and yeah. he felt it. And he went after it. And, and even when there was chances to leave, Elijah would say, you know, you've Terry here, you've done well. And Elijah said, as long as the Lord God liveth and I so liveth, I will not leave thee. No. And um he, you know, un- until the end where the mantle fell, and you know, Elisha had that moment where he grabbed the mantle and it fell from the sky, and where is the Lord God of Elijah? And right. And almost like God said, Here I am, you know. And to and to add uh to your point, there's a guy in the field, he's a farmer. But God anointed him and set him on fire. Yeah. But now we got the Apostle Paul, a scholar, genius IQ, yeah. wealthy family, Pharisees, socialite, right. all the skills, and God set him on fire. Yeah. So we're not against education. No. We're just saying that if you got it, surrender it to the glory of Christ. Send it to the glory of God <laughs> and let him use it. Yeah. You can have so many degrees. Your mama calls you a thermometer, yeah. but that don't make you a preacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, forever. I, I, maybe, um, maybe this would be a good time uh, uh, concerning mentors because in ministry, you know, with new levels come new devils, mm-hmm. and the devil's going to do everything he can to attack us in the moment where we are, what's going on, and and maybe we'll kind of finish up with this. But you know, yesterday's troubles prepare us for tomorrow's troubles. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's storms prepare us for today's storms. And what we look at is, well, God's not being good because he's letting these things in our life. Is really the mercy of God because if God didn't do it incrementally, right. today's storms would completely destroy me had I not had the strength that I gained through the last right. storm. And yesterday's criticisms prepare me for today's criticisms. And right. Yes, and no matter what area of ministry it is, because, you know, we're all going to face it. But one of my favorite stories, I'm almost crying just thinking about you telling it, is when you were going through a season uh, of discouragement, when preachers were picking on you because, right. because of your tears. When you, right. when you, once you, and, and was it B.R. Lakin that came to you in, in that? And maybe just tell that story and how God used it to bring you out of that. And, well, um, uh, I thought 
when God called me to preach. And I surrendered as a young businessman and made the sacrifice. Yeah. I was making more money than 10 preachers Yeah, on a salary. A lot of people don't know that, that you were a successful businessman before yeah. you got started. And I laid that down. Yeah. Sold the business and started preaching. And I thought, ever ever preacher is going to be a cheerleader. Yeah, no, yeah, I thought that too. And, yeah. and and I had my first breakthrough meeting. Yeah. And I thought everybody's going to be excited. Mm-hmm. And I found out that not everybody got excited. Mm-hmm. I hear th- would hear things like, "Well, he hadn't paid his dues." Yeah. Uh, he's a greenhorn. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. Yeah. And I, you know what? They're absolutely right. Yeah. I did not know. And you really didn't claim that you did. I did not claim that I did. I just said, God, I'm going to go preach, and if you use it, use it. Right. Then I got the invitation to go to Washington, D.C., under Secretary of State, Watts, call. He said, I want to offset rock and roll and the heavy metal junk that's going on in the nation's capital. Would you bring your tent up here and do a family event? Would you preach? I said, yes, sir. He said, now you can't raise any money. You can't pass an offering plate on federal land. You got to pay for all your expenses before you get up here. I'm a shoestring ministry. We we don't have the money. I preached 90 services and 90 nights. Mm. I went on the road for three months, preached every night, raising money so we could go to Washington, D.C. And I thought all my preacher friends will want to go with me. They'll be so excited. Here we are, just a simple mountain preacher, and God's opened the door to the nation. And instead, you'd have pastors get in the pulpit and say, we don't need to go do that. We don't need to be a part because I didn't do it their way. Yeah, I called one prominent uh, pastor in the South who had made a statement in his pulpit that he had decided not to endorse the meeting. And I, I was broken. I was humbled before him, and I said, Pastor, I don't understand. You're a friend. You've known me. You knew me when I was a hooligan. You knew me when my daddy was asking you to pray for me out in the world. And I said, I, don't, I just don't understand. And he said, well, he said, you just didn't go about this correct way. He said, you didn't ask me about going to Washington. Mm-hmm. And then it dawned on me. It's not, that wasn't, the, Washington wasn't the problem. Yeah, It was the ego yeah. that we were going. And so... I went through that, went on to Washington, and these I went to a large uh, conference, preached, and God broke my heart. I cried all through that message. I can't. I get. I don't know if it's emotion from what had happened to the stress, but I was just overjoyed with thankfulness, and mm-hmm. God allowed it to happen, and people got saved, and I just couldn't hardly talk. Yeah, and. Three or four, well, there's four of them in particular, took me out to lunch after, out to supper after that uh, service. It's about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. And they sat around there, and I could tell they were edging for something, and I thought, what's going on here? And they said, well, Ralph, we need to talk to you. Said, all during that service, you had your handkerchief out. You're wiping your nose. You're crying. And said, that's a real distraction. People don't like that. Mm. Said, uh, 
you, you need to be more dignified in the pulpit. And we know you're a young evangelist, and you know you're getting started, but you, you, you just can't do that. And I said, what did I do wrong? And they said, well, you, you can't cry while you preach. I said, do you think I wanted to cry? I said, that's embarrassing to me. I couldn't control. But I said, God got so big on the inside, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. I couldn't box him up. And so they went back and forth for about 30 minutes, changed the subject. Well, I went home so defeated. My brains were beaten out. My heart was broken. And I said, I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. I don't want to be a distraction. These guys are older than me. They've been preaching longer than I am old. I've messed up bad. Musette went to sleep. I went down the hall, tucked all the babies in, went to the basement. God, I'm sorry. Take my tears away. Mm. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to embarrass preachers. I I don't want to not be able to go to churches because they don't want to have me because I might cry. Boy, and I went for two months, three months, and the more I tried to box up God, services started drying up. Yeah. No results, no liberty to preach, no joy when you got through preaching. Yeah. Went home, asked God, where did I miss it? What did I do wrong? I've preached before. I felt you. I couldn't feel you tonight. Three months, four months. And I was getting in a darker, darker hole. Now, I'm at the house. It's probably 9.30 or 10 at night. And the phone rings. And I said, hello. And he said, Ralph? And I said, yes, sir, it's Ralph. He said, this is BR. I said, Dr. Lakin? He said, yeah. He said, Ralph, I'm in Asheville. I said, what are you doing in Asheville, Doc? He said, I, I got off the interstate. I'm sick. I'm in a hotel. He said, will you come to me? I said, well, sure. What hotel are you in? He told me. I said, Doc, hang up. I'm calling an ambulance. If you're that sick, I said, we've got to get a medical care to you. He said, no. He said, I, I, I don't want a doctor. I don't want to go back to the hospital. He said, I've been through all that. He said, just come. He said, I just don't want to die by myself. <laughs> and I said, okay. I flew, got in the car, put my flashers on, and I drove all the way out uh, towards Inca Candler to the big hotel that was there then. And uh, he had propped the door open on the back side with a towel, a roll towel so that when I got there, I could come in. And he was laying on the bed, uh, and he had on he, uh, a pair of silk pajamas, and he was on top of the covers, and he looked like he'd already died. It looked like he was in repose. He had his hands on his chest. He's laying there with his eyes closed. I said, Doc, Doc. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm over here. And I said, I'm calling an ambulance. 
And I reached for the phone, the house phone, you know, between the beds. And he said, no, son. He said, just sit here a few minutes and pray. He said, if I die, I just want somebody to call Mama Bob and tell her where to come and get the bones. He said, I don't want to go to no hospital. I'm tired of all that being sick. It had been through a bout of sickness. And I said, okay. And I sat there for a minute, and then 10 minutes, and I thought maybe he had gone off to sleep. And then I looked to see if his chest was moving. I thought, he just died. Mm. And I'm sitting here watching it. And, and I bowed my head to pray. And all of a sudden, he went, oh, my God, set up, started clapping his hand. I had a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, I bet. I, he scared me to death. Yeah. And I went, what, what, what's the matter? He said, what's wrong with you? I said, what? He said, there's nothing wrong with me, but there's something wrong with you. <laughs> and he said, God made me sick to get you over here. He said, are you being unclean? Have you been unfaithful to your wife? Yeah. Have you been robbing God's money? Mm. He said, are you not praying? Are you not studying the word of God? And bam, bam, yeah. bam. What's wrong with you, Ralph? You're supposed to be God's man. I said, Doc, I haven't done anything. I, I started confessing stuff I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I've not done anything that I'm aware of. And I knelt down by that bed and I said, God, if there's something I've done and, and I didn't know I was doing wrong, forgive me. I'm praying right there. I'm going to BR's altar. <laughs> yeah. and, and I said, Doc, the only thing different in my life is I've been going through a real dark place. And he said, what's going on? And I said, some preachers took me out. Five or six months ago, after I got through preaching, they told me that I had to get rid of those tears. Mm. That I, we don't need a Jeremiah for this generation. And they said some other things that's well, not very nice, but they said, you need to get rid of your tears. And I said, I've been praying, asking God to make me harder in my heart that I could go through a message and I said, I can't explain to you, but when I got broken before God, the night God broke me and I surrendered, I said, something broke in me, and it started crying with, with thankfulness. And yeah. it's every, every time I get up to preach, I feel it again. And, and he started clapping his hands, and he said, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. He raised his hand. He said, thank you, Jesus. He said, Ralph, I can take you all across America the big universities, seminaries, and colleges, and churches, and men that have no tears. Oh, my. They got a head knowledge, but there's no brokenness before God. He said, you beg God to give you your tears back, and he said he'll preach you across the country. And we knelt and prayed, and I prayed, and he said, would you get out of here so I can get some sleep? <laughs> he said, there's nothing wrong with me. And and that was the end of the story. Yeah. And, and he got in the car the next morning and left. God sent him all the way yeah. just to get me out of that battle mm -hmm. of a man fearing spirit. You know, mentors is a super important subject to me, and I feel like lately we've been talking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm 40 years old, and it's still important to me to think I'm 40 now. Mm -hmm. I feel like I blinked, and yesterday I feel like I was 21, 22. And time flies. It does. It goes very quick. And, you know, um, 
I've got 20 years, 40 to 60, you know, that are prime years. And, and beyond that, I, I told you last night, uh, you were preaching, and man, God was just squeezing you and preaching you. And 76 years old, on one leg, preaching the house down. I thought, when I'm 76, I sure hope I can do something like that. You know, I'm but, I can do it when I'm 86. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a super important, you know. And um, for guys out there that are looking for mentors, I think maybe they long for those intimate moments where like you have with Bill Lake and moments I've had with you where you've right. helped me. Um, but I almost think you almost have to prove yourself sometimes. Uh, you know, guys don't want to waste their time on somebody that won't listen. Right. Or won't, you know, do those kind of things. And I tell guys that, you know, when it comes to mentor, people say all the time, CT, God's just called me to preach and I think I want to be an evangelist. Tell me what I should do. And I, they're wanting a little one, two, three, four right. recipe of how to just get super booked on the road. And my response is always this. Be a member of a local New Testament church. Number Find one. Find you a pastor. Yep. Get under the umbrella of that pastor. Um, the church that I pastor today, I used to vacuum the carpets and I used to clean the toilets. Yep. Nobody talks about that, right? Um, but before God can ever, you know, before God ever calls somebody to lead people in, in the Old Testament, they had to lead sheep. Yep. You know, and it's the little things before the big things. And so I think it's important that, you know, class is in session. Yeah. And it's not, hey, give me that intimate moment. But you learn the Elijah and the Elisha. You learn classes open every day when you're watching them talk to people, when you're watching how they respond to people. With right. you, um, preaching styles from Preacher Brown was vastly different. And so I could sit there and learn while you're preaching, how you're dissecting a text and how the Holy Spirit put that in your barrel. Right. And I think it's important that guys understand that it's not just those intimate moments, but it's everyday life and doing life with people and living life to where you're allowing that iron to sharpen iron. Right. And, um, you know, when you told your story, I, I just couldn't help but think that there's probably people out there that wish they had a mentor, that wish they had moments like that. And and, and maybe as we close, maybe you say a brief few, few words about that, and then I'd, I'd ask you to pray for okay. us and them. Well, um, if I may give you my heart. Yeah. Without realizing it, you are mentoring with your podcast mm. because not everyone has a pastor. Yeah, They can't go to Pastor CT's office or Pastor Ralph's office. But with what I told you earlier in your life that God's gifted you with is a vision. Mm. You know, we scare a lot of people because yeah. we think all this stuff to do. Yeah. We start it and now y'all finish it. Yeah. <laughs> So, but with the with the technology and the social network, that maybe they don't have a pastor right this moment they could mentor under, but they can listen to your podcast. They can listen to you preach. They can listen to me preach. In other words, I never got to go to all these churches, but with that uh, little tablet that Winston Pastor Winston bought me, I can I get to go to Victory. Yeah. I get to hear you And it's preach. not just young preachers. It's like people in my case, if I don't go on Monday morning and find some guys that I enjoy hearing preach, yeah, preach to. I, don't get, I don't get preached to, yeah. right? So it's, 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 it's broader than that. Yeah, and so, you know, one of the first things that my dad and Kanoi 
said, if we're mentoring some guys today and they don't have a mentor, he said, before you touch a commentary, don't you reach your, you know, this is before laptops and yeah. internet. Before you turn around in your, in your office and reach for a commentary, you read that chapter. You read that, that book. If you're going to preach out of Joel or if you're going to preach out of Matthew, he said, before you touch a commentary, you get a pad, you get a paper, you read it. You write down what God's shown you. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. you go, well, that was mentorship on sermon prep. Right. Right. Dr. Stewart would talk to me about prayer. Yeah. And, you know, the stages of prayer when you're going to start your prayer life, your daily, every day that I'll have a season of adoration, you know. I'm, I'm going to worship him, a season of thankfulness. Yeah. You know, well, that's mentoring yeah. on how to pray. And so uh, I would just encourage you and your staff to continue. Uh, it takes time to do production. It takes uh, time, energy, money, equipment. But every person, that's a ministry. That's a right. ministry. That's a ministry. That we are investing in someone else. And, and then we've got the unique resource that uh, even at a rise that when we get together, a lot of times you'll pull youth workers out or pastors out, and we'll go in a room. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy call me last week. He said, I can't get over what God did in that meeting when it was just us in that room doing Q&A. Yeah. He said, it changed my life, changed my church. That's right. Yeah. That's mentorship. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I, Brother Ralph, I cannot thank you enough for who you are, for your faithfulness in ministry. You're in a new season. You've retired as pastor. Right. And pastor emeritus at Trinity Baptist in Asheville. And now you are uh, operating in evangelism, traveling and helping pastors and churches and right. praying for revival. And it's my joy to get to work together with you and uh-huh. serve the Lord and do what I can to help you. And um, if there's any pastors out there listening, I'd highly recommend you get Brother Ralph to come in and help your church. And I know you're going to come into victory and help us. and. I appreciate your stance you. and your stand for the Lord, and, and I appreciate that you didn't let those men steal, no. your, steal your tears. No. Because <laughs> I, I want my kids to see a preacher that doesn't grow old and mean oh. and tear apart everything that's around. Yeah. Um, and uh, I appreciate your heart for the Lord and your heart for preachers and people. Right. And uh, thank you for loving my family. Yeah. I love you, baby. And, uh, I wonder if you'd pray for us sure. as we get out here. I certainly will. Father, we come back into your presence again today. And as best we know how, we want to come with a heart of adoration. We adore you. We love you. Yes. We're overwhelmed with your mercy. We're, we're absolutely buried alive in your grace. We thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. And we're so thankful today that you not only saved us and pulled us out of the things of this world, but, Lord, I've been thankful every day that you call me to preach. Yeah, Lord, I love serving you. I love teaching and preaching your word. And I pray today, Father, for that one that may be listening, that they're even struggling with their call or, They're battling if they have been called. May they be thankful for salvation and then 
May they be thankful for the question because the question will produce the search. Yes. And God, you said in your word, if we lack wisdom, to call upon you and to ask you. And so today, we pray that these few minutes of fellowship around the table with a friend could draw someone to their best friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they could have a relationship of mentorship with the Son of God. Will you be our teacher? Will you be our instructor? Will you be the one that abides in us? And we abide in you. We bless your name. We worship you. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you again for Pastor C.T. We thank you for his vision, his burden, his love for people, and his love for the men of God. Would you bless him? Lord, he's assembled a unique staff of people that love you with a determination and a dedication to do their best. They don't want to come in second. They want to do their best. I pray you'd bless them, honor them, and unite them to reach more people than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, preacher. Love you, pal. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope and pray that this adds value to your life and it's a blessing to you. Uh, If you enjoyed this, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Help us with all that. Uh, You might help us reach people that we would never reach. Share this on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on all the different avenues that you have. And uh, we look forward to speaking into your life and encouraging you along the way. Also, follow us on all of our social media channels, uh, CT Townsend Ministries, Victor Baptist Church, or go to victorybc.com or cttownsend.com for more information on events that we got going on. And we would love to connect with you in the future. Until next time, one thing at a time, we're going to tackle them. God bless you. Have a great day.